I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always next to me is Matt. Hello, welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt and as always next to me is Courtney. Oh, everyone's a comedian today. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Well, we are very excited for today's episode, aren't we, Matt? We are indeed. This is going to be a... Well, I can't say this will be a good one because they're all good ones. Uh, this, however, is one we have uh, maybe even more of a, a personal connection to than usual, which is saying something for us. Mm. It's something that... A topic that Courtney and I, when we were discussing what we wanted to speak about, um, we had a lot of things that we could bring up. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to try our best to keep this one in... Under under five hours. In some sort of good amount of time frame. But uh, the topic today... Well, I'll read out what we've called it. <laughs> and then Matt can tell you what he wanted to call it. So... But iTunes may not let me. Today's episode is called How to Stop Caring About What Others Think. Which I wanted to call it How to Stop Giving a Fuck. <laughs> But we thought that might not. However, go down iTunes, well. our friends at iTunes and Spotify may actually smack us across the face for that one. Yeah. So we thought, you know what? We'll title the episode How to Stop Caring What Others Think. But this is a discussion about how to stop giving a fuck about people who don't mean shit. Basically. Basically, in brackets. That's what I think that's about. That's what it. this episode is about. Yeah. So, in saying that, let's kick straight in because it is, as we said, a really large topic and we want to get through as much as we can of it. Mm. So, Matt, let's kick straight in with why is this a problem? Why is caring about others a problem? Well, this, okay, I think we need to frame this by saying we're going to be talking in particular about caring what others think as it relates to people who aren't in your clear, immediate circle. So, to me, this problem is one that I think stops us from living life to its full potential uh, and it stops us from doing things to the best of our ability. Yes. I think it stops us from being the best we can be because we then intentionally hold ourselves back for fear of what other people think or judgment from others, even when probably you'd say what, 95% of the time, the people whose judgment we're worrying about actually don't, well, they're, they're fucking irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. 100% correct. And I think the also the area which then it leads to, which is also really dangerous, is once you get used to people, well, accepting people's judgment when or opinions when it's not been asked for um, and you don't want it and you don't care for it, um, I think then you also fall into the, the trap then of f- feeling like anything people tell you is judgment and opinions and you start to look at really things that people might be saying to you which they don't mean to sound offensive or they don't mean to sound judgy, then you interpret it as that because you're so used to hearing it. So it can really lead into um, a really really bad pattern I think I think it also beyond that uh, can lead you to I suppose believe what you think others are thinking about you so then your mm. actions will reflect it yeah uh, which is what you and I Courtney will will get into a bit more with our own personal examples but the fear of what others think having an effect on on your activities hmm yeah totally all right. Well, in saying that, now we've laid out sort of what the problem is, why it's a problem. Let's start talking about, Matt, I think our own experiences with this. Yep. So we've written each a bit of a list for ourselves, a little bit of a, a cheat sheet to go by to make sure we didn't miss any of the key points we wanted to hit. A bit of a list. I think that there's going to be some, there's often overlap with our lists. 
So something that you might say, I might say, hey, I, I didn't think of that one, but I did that or something like that. So they might come up along the way. Well, I think, I think we can, I suppose, if that happens, just avoid the overlap because then we avoid repeating ourselves. I think because so. Because I've noticed with myself, with you, Courtney, and with people that I've worked with in my career, this issue of caring what other people think can affect so many different areas of your life in so many different ways. So I'd rather the points that you and I bring up from our own experiences be unique. Mm. Um, I think it's worth mentioning if we've gone through it ourselves, but there's no need to really elaborate on it when there's... We've got a lot here that we could hit. We've got a lot here that we could hit. And I think we've really only scratched the surface of this as well. We've we've tried to narrow down our points quite significantly because obviously we're trying to keep it in a timely sort of show. Um, but there's definitely more points I think we can touch on in the future with this. Because this topic, as you said, it's so broad. It's a big one. It affects so many people. It's affected us so much in our pasts. And I think it affects everybody in slightly different ways and how you evolve over time with it uh, definitely changes and ha- a lot. And it affects how you react. Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely so many different areas. So I don't think this will be the last time we're talking about this issue. No chance. But let's just start. Dive in. So, Matt, do you want to dive in with your first sort of um, personal experience with this? Okay, well, the first... Where do I start? I mean... Anyone that's not happy with themselves can relate to the idea of worrying what other people think mm. and worrying about being judged. So I'm going to going to keep this to within the time frame of me deciding that I wish to change my life. Okay, cool. Uh, so the first time it, it sort of reared its head um, in that regard was when I started getting into exercise because I was you know, ashamed of myself, heavily obese, and worried about being seen in public, um, if I was doing any outdoor exercise, like going for a walk, going for a run, I would only do it in the dark. Mm. At night time, because then no one could see me. Wow. Uh, and that was all the time. Um, occasionally these days, I um, do outdoor exercise in the dark, but that's because where I live... The sun goes down pretty early sometimes and comes up pretty late sometimes. Yeah. It's now not so much by choice, it's just the way the way it works out. But back back when I was younger, I would deliberately keep my exercise, my outdoor exercise to the evening so I wouldn't be seen. Hmm. Uh, and then that would also flow on to whenever I would go to the gym, I would deliberately go in what I figured were the non-peak times. So you listening would know as much as Courtney and I that let's say 7 p.m. on a Monday is not the non-peak time at the local gym. Mm. That's when all the guilty consciences are there working off a bad weekend worth of excess, (laughs) which is also the exact time I would never go. So the times I would go would be middle of the day if it's during the week because the theory there is everyone's at work or on the weekends like a Sunday or a Saturday. Just when people weren't around, because I did, again I didn't want to be seen. You know, I'm the fat guy in the gym because apparently the gym's only where fit people go. <laughs> uh, I I didn't want to be seen as the fat guy in the gym who was you know weak as all hell and couldn't do jack shit. So I'd go at the times when I thought no one was there, and lo and behold, because I went to a small sort of community gym, I was right. Quite often when I was in there working at in, in the middle of the day, it was myself and the gym owner, and that was it. Isn't that stunning that you get judged for going to the gym when you're overweight? Well, the thing is, though, is look at this really, break it down. Was it who? No one was there to judge me. It's just a reflection of how I felt about myself. Yeah, and I think that that Most often of happens. Is. A lot of people um, anticipate judgment before it actually comes. They just expect it. So they're expecting to be judged to go to the gym. I've never seen uh, an overweight person be stared at or laughed at in when I've been in a commercial gym 
But I think obviously the fear of going to a place like that, fear of people looking at you, fear of maybe doing an exercise the wrong way or, or not knowing what to do and people judging you for it is, is definitely there and, and often amplified when you're in that sort of um, situation where you don't feel good about yourself. It is, it, you've hit the nail on the head. It is an extension of how you feel about yourself and it certainly was for me. So as I've learned over time, especially being in a commercial gym, I mean, you could, you could pretty much chop your arm off and no one would notice mm. because people are too busy looking in the mirror um, or taking selfies for Instagram. <laughs> or in the case of people like, like Courtney and myself, too busy actually getting it done. Yeah. But at the time when you've got you know, no self-confidence and you're full of anxiety, doubt, and you're, you, know, you almost judge yourself you then project that outwards. So that's what I think was, you know, that's what I did. I projected outwards and it would affect what I would do and when I would do it. Mm. And it was the same thing as well, even if I were, for example, to do, um, have a session like on the cross trainer uh, or, the, or the bike at the gym, I'd go into the back cardio room that was never used and be the only person in there. Yeah, okay. So just general hiding as much as I could. Yeah, um, other areas where this has affected me um, in the past has been when I've been out eating in social situations where mm. you want to, you know, well, for me, I wanted to fit in and not be judged as like, oh, Matt's trying to lose weight. And if people were, were hitting, you know, pizzas deluxe, I would hit it with them, even if it's not what I actually wanted. Mm. You know, so it's like, oh, I want to I order the Atlantic salmon and the salad but since all my friends are here, I don't want people to look at me and think, oh, Matt's not happy. He's eating healthy. He must want to change. I'd order the same shit as everyone else, even when I didn't want it. You know, it's funny. I went through something similar, Matt, when I was going through my journey and I had lost quite a bit of weight by that stage. And, and I would have friends say to me, oh, we're going to, you know, we're organizing to go out for dinner or, or family members. And it wasn't, it wasn't said in a judgy way and it wasn't said to be nasty. But I think when you're not entirely confident with yourself, it's really easy to take it um, in the wrong context yep. that it's meant in. So they would say we're going out for dinner here or something like that. And then they would turn around and say, oh, but <laughs> can you eat that? Are you allowed to have that? Are you allowed to go there? Does your diet let you do that, Courtney? And I was like, yes. And it used to really annoy me when I was like, you know, stop asking me that. Of course I can eat. I eat all the time. I'm allowed to eat real food. I'm allowed to eat whatever I want. But it, it, I realized pretty quickly that they weren't saying it to be nasty. They were actually coming from a good place where they were trying to be respectful of what I was doing and trying to say, oh, well, if you can't eat that, then we'll go somewhere else. Um, so again, I think it was just because in that moment, because I still didn't feel fully confident with myself, I automatically took it to a negative place. But yeah, judgment around eating and around food, I think is really common. I've, um, I have had that uh, since becoming a trainer, where it's like, oh, Matt, you're a trainer. Can you really be eating that? <laughs> Is that really? Are you sure you should be doing that? You're supposed to be, aren't you supposed to be perfect? Which is pretty easy to handle these days. It's just like, fuck off. Yeah. I have whatever the fuck I want. But even like as a, as a rookie PT, when you're super nervous because like, you know, you're putting yourself out in the public, that's pretty intimidating. Mm. Um, but even the same when I was originally working to lose weight, like, you know, you're, you're eating food and people are like, oh, if they're having like a treat, are you, are you allowed to have that? Mm. Are you really sure you should be having that? And when you're, as you said, Courtney, when you're lacking in confidence, it just magnifies in your head. Mm, for sure. Um, moving on a bit, another area where it has affected me, um, especially since becoming a trainer, was initially putting my story out there. Mm. So I, when I became a PT, uh, I had in my mind that, okay, what I've done to get here isn't very special. Um, because I shouldn't have been that way in the first place. So I'm better off, you know, not showing any sort of weakness and not showing where I've come from because I thought people would hold it against me. Oh, fuck, look at Matt. He used to be a balloon. Mm. Wow, that guy's not very, not very switched on. That part would be correct. <laughs> 
but I was really, really scared to put my story out there. And then um, it was a real big deal when when Courtney and I opened our gym. Um, when you when you open your own gym, it can be well, anyone, I suppose, any business in general. It's a very scary thing because you're basically stepping out on your own. Yeah, you're sort of, um, you know, letting go of the safety rails. It's a big commitment. It's, it's a big financial commitment. It's, it's a risk. It's, it, 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 the whole thing is very risky. Even even the amount of planning and preparation and everything you put into it, it's still going to be a risk. Well, it's a bet on yourself and you're taking a risk on yourself. And I I learned pretty quickly getting our, our gym off the ground that there's no point um, in terms of marketing the gym, there's no point marketing personal training there's no point marketing group fitness classes or weight training classes or, or, or any sort of nutrition programs because you know what? No one gives a fuck about that shit. They're just tools. So I learned pretty quickly that if I wanted to grow um, the business of our gym, selling group fitness classes wasn't going to be the way because group fitness classes aren't, aren't a problem or a solution to a problem. They're just a tool. Mm. People in the end, a, a basic thing that humans have loved throughout history and will continue to is stories. So to be able to to get our business and our gym out there, we had to tell stories. And a key to success uh, in a personal training business, whether we like it or not, is being able to share our stories. Yet that was one of the hardest things for me. Mm. So having to, once I realized that, look, this gym ain't going to go nowhere if I keep trying to sell group fitness classes because clearly people don't give a rat's ass about that crap. And that was a fact. I had to make ourselves relatable by putting our stories out there. And that was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, it was scary enough putting, putting details of where I've come from when I used to work in a commercial gym. Like Courtney, you remember... Uh, when you and I first met, way before you shamelessly hit on me. Um, when, As the story goes. <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, back back when you and I first met and we were talking about your own journey where you wanted to go, I showed you my photos. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever told you this. That was very hard for me. Was it? It was Every time I would do that with someone, it was hard because I think to myself, what are they going to think? Hmm. Wow, yeah, you never thought of that. No, well, you know, mm. again, that was me being in my own head. But I was I was still scared of judgment. That mm. you might think, oh, look at, look at this guy. That's gross. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> Clearly. You're madly in love with me and well, that worked out rather well. But I was still nervous about that. So then when it came time to broadcast my own journey and basically show epic vulnerability to a much wider audience, Facebook, that was, that's still the scariest thing I've had to do um, in, I don't know how long, many, 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 many years. Yes. Because then it's like, okay, I'm putting my story out to thousands, tens and tens of thousands of people in the local area. Yeah. It's basically putting yourself on display. Mm. I remember, because there was one night, um, Courtney had gone to bed. Shock horror. You're asleep. Who would have guessed that? I tend to fall asleep quite quickly. <laughs> yes, and quite often. Uh, you're, you're, you're a serial napper. I and do. that's fine. It's part I of the charm. I do love my naps. You do love your naps. Uh, there was one night, because I was freaking out, because our, our, our gym was like, it was sinking from day one. Yeah. And I remember when I realized I shouldn't be selling group fitness, I should be promoting us as people and promoting stories because people relate to stories, as I said before. I sat there one night uh, on the computer and pretty much wrote a, a short version of my journey to date. But I hit like everything in terms of the, the emotion, the raw, well, still a very raw emotion, um, how I felt, you know, self-harm. Like, I didn't leave anything out. And then I had the photos as well to go with it. Uh, and I posted it up on Facebook and all these these local Facebook groups. I've 
never been I've never had such shaky hands in my life before pressing the enter key on my keyboard mm. and I sat there for an hour while you were asleep <laughs> with my hand hovering over the keyboard I knew I had to do it but I was so afraid of what others would think that it was as if paralyzed with fear yeah and I thought fuck it I, YOLO 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 um the best way to live, as it turns out, uh, and just just smash the enter key a stack of times and just ran to bed. <laughs> ran to bed. I don't want to see it. <laughs> ran to bed. I, that's it. Shut it all down. So enter, submit, turn the computer off, turn my phone off. I'm now checking out of reality for a couple of hours. I'm out of here. I uh, went to sleep. Uh, woke up the next day to a response that was not what I was expecting, to put it mildly. Um, it was overwhelming positivity, which then completely changed the way I think about how, how personal trainers need to work. Um, but that was absolutely scared the shit out of me doing that. Mm. Um, another area where it has affected me is same sort of thing. Um, getting up in front of rooms full of people and telling my story where I've come from. Now, for a couple of years now, I've been involved uh, in some business networks because business networks are a great way to develop relationships and develop the ability to speak to living, breathing people, which as it turns out, is pretty useful yes. when, you're a, when you're a trainer. Who would have guessed that you need to communicate with people, Courtney? Amazing. Whoa. <laughs> so I've been part of a, a fantastic business network for a few years now uh, in our local area and it's been a, a wonderful um, tool for me to develop my skills as a speaker and as a professional and as a communicator in general, just being able to communicate with people. However, as part of being in that, uh, in that business network, I have to regularly stand up and give presentations in front of rooms full of people when all eyes are on you. And the... I knew straight away, having had experience with this for a little while now, I knew that to, to really make an impact and to show that I'm serious about what I do, what's the first thing I should, I should talk about with a presentation with this? Me, my own story. Because I know as a, as a trainer, we are so often judged and there are so many assumptions about us where people will look at Courtney and I, having just met us and just assume with myself, oh, Matt, he must have just finished playing football a few years ago. Oh, Matt would have been in the army. No, the complete opposite. My background is, is much like um, any sort of overweight person's background. But the assumptions are there. So I have to be able to break those down quickly so people don't think that, you know, oh, what Matt does, we can never do. Bullshit. I've got to break those assumptions down. So to do that, I've got to tell my own story. And telling my own story and showing that vulnerability with the spoken word is even more scary than the written word mm. because you've got to do it and keep yourself together and not basically shake yourself into a, into a, a mess. And it was the same thing then. Um, putting my story out in my business networks, uh, no one could see it at the time, but my hands were shaking. So I kept them behind my back. Mm. Uh, and that was a terrifying moment. Um, that, however, since doing it has gotten 50 times easier. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, the last example I'll use personally is this very podcast. Uh, I, I spoke to Courtney probably about six months before we actually made this podcast a reality. I remember coming to you, Courtney, saying, oh, I wouldn't mind doing it because I've always loved podcasts. They've been my thing for many, many, many years now. I love the I love the format, um, and they're you know they they what helped me to develop the habit of exercise because they would distract me mentally while I was doing something physical. And I had the idea. I remember mentioning to you, Courtney, that I should do a podcast about health and fitness and wait for it, video games. Yes, something like the Fit Nerd. Or fit geeks or something like that was yeah. the idea. Um, and then as you and I, Courtney, started to flesh this out, we then sort of came to the agreement that, you know what, maybe we should drop the nerd part 
that's a separate podcast by itself, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and focus entirely on on the fitness and weight loss side of things because there's so much that we can unpack with that. And then um, Courtney will happily tell you that of the two of us, I'm the I'm the techie. Yes. I'm the nerd because I've, I've grown up and been around computers my whole life. That's that's my background. So it was pretty much on me to sort of figure out how how to get the, a podcast from a pretty cool idea to, hey, we've now got this thing that helps people all around the world. Mm. And I remember when I was sort of in the, in the conceptual stage, writing just down, okay, here's the plan, here's how I think we should do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, I had this thought to myself, why are you doing this? You're just a personal trainer. Yeah. This, this is too big for you. Yeah. And this is the start of last year. Hmm. Not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And it was the same thing again. Why are you doing this? You're a personal trainer. Um, this is, you know, I, I guess you'd say beyond your scope. But I was also then nervous about what people would think about Courtney and I because here we are now like 60 plus episodes into a, into a, a podcast Basically, every single episode, we're kind of highlighting how fucked we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not sitting on here saying, hey, Courtney and I, we're Wonder Woman and Batman. Although, I am Batman, but that's a different story. <laughs> but we're not, we're not like Wonder Woman and Superman. We make no mistakes. No. This whole show from, the, from, from day one has been, we want to be able to relate to people and connect with people. To do that, we can't sit here and say, oh, fuck, we're good. We make no mistakes. No, we fuck everything up. Yeah. We fucked everything up to get to where we are mm. in every possible way. So every episode is like exposing more nerves Yeah. and showing sure. more vulnerability. And the, the concept of that at the start was fucking terrifying. Mm. But it's the same deal. The response that we've had has been brilliant. Yes. But again, this whole this whole thing about what other people think tends to be a reflection of our, how we feel about ourselves. Mm. So I'll shut up now. Courtney, why don't you tell us your experiences because I'm taking over the show. Oh, I don't mind. I like it. Um, well, I have to, I have to second your, a couple of your experiences in terms of putting your own story out there. Copycat. Which is, that was going to be on my list, which is it's a really hard thing to do. It's a really hard thing to to believe that you can put something like that out there. Convince yourself that you can put something like that out there and you're not going to be judged in return oh. for it. Do you remember that argument we had on our honeymoon? Oh, we've had several, no, no, so the one, I don't remember no, no, all the, of them. The, the one we had before we... <laughs> Courtney and I uh, got married in the United States. Yes. In Central Park. Um, Courtney, you and I had an epic argument the night before we, we came back to Australia in Washington. Yes. Because you were pushing back hard at putting your story out there and I lost my mind. Well, that wasn't the first time we've ever done that. So Matt and I used to fight about it all the time, um, that he wanted me to be a lot more present, a lot more out there, like tell people what I've been through. And I was really resistant to it at the start. I thought, yes, you go. Are you? I think in those sort of situations, you go through all different waves. So it was all different emotions from why would anyone give a shit to... People are going to judge me. Um, people, you know, so you go through all of those things about people not caring what I have to say. Then you think, well, maybe people do care what I have to say, but then people are going to judge me for what I say. And then, it, it you know, uh, I can't say that because I'm going to offend someone. And, you know, all these things go through go If through they're offended, mind. fuck them. But at the time, that wasn't the mentality I had. Mm. It was very much wanted to protect myself in terms of, getting hurt in terms of being judged, in terms of, you know, people criticizing the way that I looked or something like that. And then I also wanted to not offend other people at the same time. So it was it was totally overthinking the whole thing. So it was really hard for me to do that. Plus, obviously getting to the stage where I can get up in front of people to talk publicly about it. You know, for me, um, when Matt said we're going to do a podcast, that was not a big big thing for me I Matt if you remember I actually said yes pretty quickly and I think you were shocked oh, that, I, that I said yes so quickly because to me a podcast is easy because I love to talk 
Like, really? I, I could talk for days <laughs> if you haven't noticed. I love to talk. And you're good at it. The, the thing with me is that because doing a podcast, I can't see anyone. Like I'm sitting in a room here and I can see the microphone in front of me and I can see my computer screen on one side of me and Matt sitting on the other side of me. And we're completely naked. No, we're not. Um, but or are we? That, that didn't scare me at that stage. And I think even if Matt had have said, you know, a year or two years prior to when he brought it up to me, I still probably would have been quick, pretty quick to say yes. It was more of a... Um, really, really hard step for me to get in front of people. So physically stand in front of a room full of people and talk about what I've been through, the mistakes I've made, what I'm doing now, you know, all these sort of things. Because then again, I just feel like that's much more of a vulnerable situation where I'm setting myself up to be judged and for people to have negative opinions of me. And again, you know, even just saying it now, I can, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming all of these things were going to happen before they happened, but that's just what we do. That's just what we do as people, especially when you're lacking in a lot of self-confidence, you just assume and you tend to jump towards the negative constantly. It's a constant thing where you're just, your mind constantly jumps to the negative that, oh, this is going to be shit. This is going to be a disaster before you've even <laughs> given it a chance. So that's where my mindset was a lot with those sort of things. And I think going back to when I was younger, where the examples I wanted to give a lot as well, where back from where I started and and for as long as I can remember, I cared about what other people thought of me. So it wasn't necessarily like when I was at my heaviest, I suddenly started to really care. I always remember I was a pretty heavy kid. Um, I was fairly heavy in high school I was always the big girl and I always cared for as long as I can I can remember I cared I'm sure there was a stage before I have memory where I was a carefree kid and I just did not give a rat's ass but from the time I can remember I always cared about what people um, thought of me what people said you know things like that so even going back through high school, I remember in high school, I used to wear pants all the time. I never wore, wore a dress in high school. So for those people that don't live in Australia, uh, high school here, you have uniforms. So it's not like wear whatever you want to school. Um, we have uniforms. So there was a uniform for school and there was a dress and there was pants and there was a, a polo top and there were shorts and I would always wear pants and a top. Or a shirt. I would never wear the dress. I just felt too self-conscious to wear the dress. And I felt like people were going to look at me and think about this big girl in this dress. So I always wore pants, even through summer. Then I switched to wearing shorts, but I never wore a dress to school. So I always cared what people thought of me. And then obviously as I left school and I started to get bigger and bigger and playing sport through through high school too I used to some sports I wouldn't care about but other sports like netball used to wear a really tight dress so any of you who played netball growing up you know if you had those tight dresses but Matt I've showed you my old netball dress it's basically like spandex material they're very snug so it was very tight like you couldn't hide anything I used to wear two pairs of bloomers underneath my um, What's a bloomer? It's like a. There used to be like um like undies that go over your undies, like if you wore a what? Like if you wore a skirt in netball back when you had just skirts and polo tops, you used to wear bloomers over your undies, which were like in the same color as your skirt. Okay. So if your skirt blew up, you didn't oh, see your undies. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. But I used to get bloomers in like a smaller size so they were tight this was before Spanx were even existed so I should have developed it myself and would have been a millionaire but what I used to do was I used to get um, a size too small in the bloomers and I used to wear them underneath two pairs underneath my dress my uh, nipple dress to try to suck in my belly and keep everything together because it was so tight that you'd be able to see everything so even back then I obviously cared 
uh, way too much about what people thought of me. And looking back on it now, I was not even that big. How amazing is it when you look back and you, you think about all the stuff you used to do and you think, oh my God, if I could just be that size again, yeah, I would Yeah, the worst care. was yet to come for you. And so after I left school, I started to get bigger and bigger. And after you leave high school and you're you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, that's a time that you usually you start going out, you start going to clubs, you start dating and they were the things that I really struggled with because I didn't want to go out clubbing. I didn't feel comfortable getting dressed up. I didn't think I looked attractive. I didn't even feel comfortable with the idea of going out to meeting a guy because then I'd have to talk to the guy who I felt would be judging me for the way that I looked and no guy would want to talk to me anyway. And then the idea of actually dating a guy was like, well, that's just not going to happen if I, if no guy is ever going to find me attractive and I can't talk to a guy. So I just used to not go out. I used the excuse of my work a lot. I used to work in sort of hospitality uh, style jobs. So I would work over the weekends a lot. I could always take a night off to go out if I wanted to, but I would use, oh, I've got to work as an excuse just to not go out. So I never really went clubbing when I was young. I never really went out to parties very much. And it was all because of that fear, that fear of what people were going to think of me. And this big girl getting dressed up, why is she trying to look, why is she trying to look hot? You know, that, that sort of feeling is what I had during those times and then to even ask for help for me was really hard to even be going to the gym I felt conscious even going to the gym like you said Matt you felt I felt people were looking at me that's why I often wouldn't try out any other equipment in the gym I would just go and walk on the treadmill because the the treadmill section of the gym that I was going to was like its own little area would you use the treadmills at the back? Yeah. <laughs> so I would go to the back and it was in its own little area and I would go to the back and I would use the treadmills because no one really would look at you in that area. No one would really notice you. And you could hide. You could hide and I didn't have to worry about looking silly because I knew how to use a treadmill. I mean, you just get on and you press go. And walk. And you walk. So I knew how to use it. I... I didn't, I wasn't afraid of looking silly, you know, so I just did that. So even going to the gym in the first place, I, I had a perception that people were looking at me and judging me. Then to work up the courage to ask even to, to a recommendation for a personal trainer. I mean, I, I thought about that and I was, I was going, I was going to ask for about two weeks because every time I would get there and then I didn't want to ask when there was somebody else standing at the reception desk because I didn't want them to hear weakness what, what I was asking mm. for. So it was like I would always have to – I'd go in there, do my walk on the treadmill and I'd look around and I'd, you know, I'd say to myself, yeah, I'm going to ask on the way out. And then I'd go to walk out and then I'd say, no, 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 I'll, I'll ask next time I'm in. So it took me about two weeks to even ask for a recommendation for a personal trainer. And then when I got the recommendation uh, to Matt, he contacted me and yeah, I did too. to meet up for sent you a, a text message. Yeah, to meet up for a chat. Versus Mammy. So I met up with, with with Matt after that and then that process became easier, especially actually Matt, you said you were afraid to show me your before and after photos for judgment. It actually made me feel even more comfortable working with you after I'd seen them. Yeah. So you lower, I lowered my guard after that, being able to see, okay, he knows what it's like. Did you have any assumptions about me before I showed you them? Yeah, I had a lot of assumptions about all personal trainers. Okay, such as? Well, I just thought all personal trainers were just basically babysitters and they were just going to watch me work out and I was going to have to, they were going to charge me a fortune and I wasn't really going to get anything for it. You know it. what? 95%, that's correct. <laughs> that Not was, bad. That was my... That, so that's why I was really hesitant to even ask about a personal trainer. Um, but I thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. Maybe they can just show me some new exercises and I don't have to keep using them. A new way to use a treadmill. So that was my um, sort of anticipation going into it, that it was just going to be around 
you know, workout based. But then obviously after meeting you, Matt, we spoke about and got, you know, more nutritional based education in there as well. And so structure. It, it really changed that whole perception of what I had. But but just the fear of asking for help in the first place, you know, feeling like I was going to be judged for asking for help. Mm. Then feeling like I was I was being judged in being in the in the gym in the first place. So that all definitely was really, really hard time for me. Then I mean I'm not gonna go over what you've spoken about as well, Matt, which I think I can speak for a lot of the things, you know, definitely things about go, going out, eating out, things like that. Yeah. Um I think once I started the other area, I started to remember feeling quite self-conscious and that I was being um, judged was the time where I would take my own food places. <laughs> so obviously with working on my nutrition, I learned that I was not eating nearly enough. I was, I was forcing myself to eat less and less and less food and I needed to bump up my food. And so I needed to eat more often throughout the day to bump up my metabolism and actually get it working for me. So that meant that instead of trying my best to limit myself to be having the three meals a day with maybe a chocolate bar snack in between, I actually had to have real food. And the I, the prepping food and everything like that at home was no big deal, but it was then taking multiple containers of food with me to work because I obviously needed more than one meal while I was at work for eight hours. So then I felt like people were going to judge me at work for, for turning up at work with this bag of, you know, my Tupperware containers and putting them in the fridge and people were going to say, I thought you were trying to lose weight. You know, why are you eating so much? Wait, you're allowed to eat food when you're losing weight? I'll have to eat less. So that was my, my concern was people were going to judge me because of that. Then, you know, people were, I would feel people would judge me if I had to go out somewhere. So if I went to see a football game or something like that, I would just take my own food. I would take a little Tupperware container with my own food in it because I didn't want to have, you know, hot chips or shitty meat pies, hot dog or whatever that they sell at at the football stadium. So then I felt self-conscious that people were going to be looking at me like, why is this idiot brought her own food? So those sort of situations around food like that really um, played on me often as well. Then, you know, it, but it, it did get better really quickly, especially I think with, with the work situation. I mean, it got to the stage where my manager at the time at, at my job would actually turn to me at some stage and say, oh, hey, aren't you supposed to like be eating now? So she would have realized my routine and she'd picked up on my routine to the point where she would be reminding me that it was time for me to eat. Good support. That's and she, legit. And she would say, oh, you know, go and grab your food. I'll, I'll meet you. Um, I'll have a coffee sort of thing. So, you know, it would it would get to a stage where it really became just like normal and everybody in my workplace saw it as normal. Like they would think it would be weird if they didn't see me turn up with a bag with extra food in it, with my containers of food. They would they would comment and they'd say, where's your food? Like, what happened? So it became really normal. And obviously, again, like I mentioned before, it's, it's building up these things often to be bigger than they actually are. So mm. I I just assumed that they would think it was weird that I was eating so much and trying to lose weight. I assumed that they would be annoyed if I stopped more than once in my in my work day to eat. I assumed that people around me at the football stadium were of course looking at me and what I was doing rather than watching the football game and judging me for bringing my own food. So those are all the things that I I just assumed would happen. But obviously when you stop and you look at it in realistic terms, then, you know, I was obviously over overreacting and assuming things that, that weren't going to happen. But I think that that's the mindset that you often find yourself in when you get, as I said at the start, when you get stuck in that mindset of constantly worrying about judgment and worrying about other people's opinions and taking on board if, if people are giving you unsolicited opinions that don't help you, 
if you're constantly taking those on board, you do tend to get into the habit of constantly assuming negative things. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you're constantly assuming that the outcome is going to be negative. Mm. And I think that that's one of the biggest tips that I think sharing from my experience, and I know, Matt, you've got some some tips that you want to go through too, but yeah. just while... While I'm mentioning it, I may as well give that as my first tip, which is... We may as well close the loop on this one. Let's start talking about our tips for actually working through this. Yeah, I think that 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 would be my first tip, which is really, really must pay attention to constantly the negative thoughts that you're going to have about stuff. And I was only talking about this with a client just the other week who was... Uh, freaking out about her upcoming progress photos that she was going to be having, and Wait, she was a client freaking out about photos. <laughs> well, she was already convinced. That never that happens. Well, she was already convinced they were going to be shit. She was already convinced, and I, I think I know who you're talking about. And I said to her, I said, "Hang on a second. What makes you so sure that these photos are going to be awful?" And she really couldn't answer the question. And <laughs> and when you actually spot, when we talked it through in more realistic language, she realized what I was talking about. And I said to her, I said, you really have to be careful to not allow your brain to constantly perceive everything as negative mm. because it's not necessarily always going to be negative. And just because that's been some of your experiences in the past, don't always assume that it's always going to be the same thing. And that's that's one of the biggest tips that I would always give is just watch out for your automatic response for things to be thinking about it in a negative way. Very well said. What's your tip, Matthew? Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what I was just talking about is very serious. That's I thought I'd just add in a little giggle. I normally only get Matthew from my mum when I'm in trouble. She calls you Matthew most of the time. Um, you must be in trouble all the time. <laughs> I, I, what can I say? Shit stirrer. Uh, so I've got a few tips. We've both got a few tips here. I think um, I'm going to go out of order. I think the most important one for me that I want to share is just identifying the actual important people around you who's who you do value mm-hmm. and whose thoughts and opinions are the, that are valuable to you. Mm. Uh, I've done that. I've identified those who are sort of you know, in my inner circle of like, okay, look, I I care what you think. Mm. I value what you think, even if what you think runs against what I'm doing or what I think. I value it and I want to hear it because it makes me it makes me think about things maybe in a different way. Mm. Everyone else is fucking irrelevant. Yes. Now that's taken some time to develop that. The, the, the second part, the irrelevant part's the hard part. But I think that comes after you identify those around you. Like, righto, this is the inner layer of my onion ring. Mm. These are the people who I care about and who I want to hear from. Mm. After that, seriously, everyone else, like, yep, sure, nice people. Cool. Don't care. I think, I think in... In going a step further as well, Matt, that that sort of loops into one of mine, which I wanted to discuss, which was comparing yourself to others, which is a whole topic on its own. Which we've done, by the way. Which we've done. One of our early episodes. And we'll probably do again in the future because, again, it's one of those topics that's just got so much... It's got legs. ...that we could talk about it. But I think one of the uh, problems that, that we as people can run into is... You're absolutely right, Matt. Is to talk is to think about the people that you're surrounding yourself with and that you actually want opinions from, and everybody else is irrelevant. You got to remember that as well when you're comparing yourself to other people. So, what, how they got there, or what they look like, or what they're doing is irrelevant to what you're doing and to what you look like and to mm. how you live your life. And that's one of the things I have often struggled with. And I've I've spoken about it before that comparing myself to others over the years has been one of my biggest and worst habits. And that is something that I have had to learn along the way is that in comparing myself to others, I'm often opening myself up for then 
assuming and taking in um, comments and opinions and judgment from people that don't matter to me. I think also if you're caught in that sort of loop of comparing yourself to others, uh, you then minimize your own strengths. Absolutely. And you, you minimize what you're really good at. So you are the only person who can be as good as, at, at being you as you. Absolutely. So the next tip I want to give is, I think the, in terms of giving less fucks about what other people think, focus more on just being the best version of yourself. Because mm-hmm. the best version of yourself is very unique and is untouchable. No one can be better at being you than you are. And I think that um, working to be the best version of yourself is going to give you um, gradually and steadily improving levels of confidence. Yes. As those confidence levels improve, now look, you can't just get confidence by thinking, mm, I'm going to be confident today, it's Tuesday. No, it doesn't fucking work that way. It works through doing and consistent application. Take it from us. However, as that confidence starts to go up, it becomes easier to give less fucks. Way yes. easier. Because you become more sure about yourself because you're, you've, gone, you've gone from wanting to do something, like say, you, know, you want to lose weight, you want to get in shape, you want to improve your health, you want to be the best version of yourself. As you start to make those steps forward, you then realize, hey, I'm doing this. Mm. This is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And you then realize, and it's all in my control. Then your confidence really starts to go up. And then it becomes easier to go like, well, these people aren't important to me. I don't care what they think. Well, fuck off, mate. Yeah. Not needed. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely agree with everything you just said, Matt. And I think I think one of the other big things to remember is that not everyone is going to like you. And that is something that I used to struggle with a lot because I used to want everybody to like me and I never wanted to offend anyone and and I cared way too much about that sort of stuff. We've, so all, then, we've all been there. Then yep. I start caring way too much about what everybody else thinks. Mm. So the thing to remember is that there's always going to be judgment and there's always going to be opinions in the world. That says you're never going to get away from it. I mean, we all do it. We've all got opinions on different things in this world. We've all got judgments on different things. And that's fine. It's just a fact of life. And I think if you focus on it too much, you drive yourself crazy. At the end of the day, the thing as well that also helped me get over this issue was just to remind myself that not everyone is going to like me. And that is okay. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Not everyone's going to like this podcast. And that's okay. Not everyone is going to relate to my story or like what I have to say or like what I have to write or not everyone's going to like what I wear. And you know what? And what can, what can okay. they do? That is okay. You are more than welcome to your own opinions. And fuck off. And, and, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's just like anything else. You're more than welcome to not like this podcast. Go and listen to another one. You're more than welcome to not like what I have to say or the things I wear or what I have to write. Don't follow me on social media. Go and follow someone that you do care about. It's just as simple as that. You're a lot nicer about this than I am. But I mean, I mean, it's very, at the end of the day, it is very, you have to start to think of it in black and white terms. I'm not generally a very black and white person. You ripped me for being black and you white You are very things. black and Holy white. Holy shit. And now you're saying, oh, it's good to be black and white. No, but I think in terms of things like this, you do have to start to develop a black and white attitude. So maybe because... that approach that I've got that you tear me to oh, shreds God, about has some go. merit Here we go. I think though when we talk about caring what other people think and, and, and in terms of social media and things like that, that's we haven't really touched on that in this episode because I think that that's a whole different area <laughs> on its own. And that's going to be to, uh, exploring the... <laughs> The interesting world of social media will be a whole podcast on its own. The mirage, the house of mirrors of social media, yes. So that is why we haven't really touched on that very much. But I think in terms, at the end of the day, if people have, and I know I've spoken a lot about a lot of um, feelings about judgment and opinions being sort of assumed by me um, and made up, but I've definitely had people give their opinions and their judgment on me um, unsolicited and unwanted. And it has happened to me in the past and I know it does happen, but, and it happens a lot on social media as well. But I think when those, those sort of things come up, the biggest tip that I can give right now would be just to remind yourself that not everyone is going to like you and that is okay. 
And that you're not going to like everyone yourself. And you don't like everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. And that person can go and find somebody else to bitch about. So go away. Well, they're, they're irrelevant. Go away. Go annoy someone else. You've got better things to worry about. Bigger fish time. to fry in the end. Absolutely. Better things to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon that's, uh, that's a wrap on that discussion. I think that's a wrap. Um, we have an email. Excellent. I love emails. Um, I'm just going to administer a rant warning ahead oh, of time. I think I know the one that you're going to read out. And it's it cu- is um, quite funny. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. There's a chance you will too. Actually, there's a pretty good chance you will too, Courtney. I probably don't need to because I think you're going to lose your mind for the both of us. So anyway, read so out the email. email comes to us. By the way, Courtney. Yes. Where can we be emailed at? Oh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yes, we love getting emails. Makes us feel important, which is a nice change because normally we're just <laughs> hidden away here in the dungeon recording podcasts. This one comes from Kiara. Very nice name. No, lovely name. Thank you very much for emailing us, Kiara. Thank you, Kiara. Hello, Matt and Courtney. Um, Been enjoying listening to you on Spotify the last couple of weeks. It's great to hear some common sense, some clear common sense. That's because common sense is uncommon. (laughs) I've been steadily gaining weight through my 30s. Uh, I'm now 20 kilos overweight. I had a quick question, two quick questions, and would appreciate your thoughts. Righto. Buckle up, kids. I hired a PT last month and she's told me I shouldn't do heavy weights as I'm an apple shape and I'm bound to bulk up. This is contrary to what I've read about this. She's been making me do more reps. Oh, actually also, what are your thoughts on following a 16 to 8 eating window? rather than eating upon waking. So much confusion out there. Many thanks. XXXX. Thanks for the kisses. From Kiara. What the fuck is a 16 to 8 eating method? Okay. Let's get that out of the way first. 16 to 8, you know what intermittent fasting is? Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a form of intermittent fasting. Okay. Which you kind of do when you're asleep anyway. Yeah. Um, but the thought here is 16 to 8 is you have a set period through the day. So at this time, to this time, I'm not going to eat a damn thing. Or like 16 hours of not eating and then 8 hours of eating? All the other way around. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney, what are your thoughts on that? Well, to me, as you said, it makes no sense because you don't eat while you're asleep anyway. So, <laughs> like you eat yeah. when you're awake... <laughs> and you don't eat when you're asleep. Here's the thing. So to me, it just it, that that doesn't make any sense. And to me, in uh, fasting, to me also doesn't make that much sense because everything that we've ever read about with science tells us that the better our metabolism is working, then the better results we're going to get. Well, I would argue, Dr. That you're living proof of that because. We've worked on your metabolism now since you and I first met, and I would say the results have been pretty damn good. Yeah, so if you don't eat, your metabolism suffers. So And you don't get the gains from the gym, bro. So your energy levels suffer when you don't eat. Your your uh your your body starts to break down other things that you're not wanting it to do. So you're wanting to lose fat. And a lot of people mistake this when they go on these crazy diets where they don't eat anything and they said oh i lost this much weight well that's great but how much fat did you lose because remember when you don't eat your body just doesn't lose fat so you lose out in the end so it's 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 not eating is not great okay so i'll uh, i'll put a wrap on that particular question um when you wake up from sleeping your body's in a fasted state to begin with mm. So your metabolism's already slow because you've been you've been shutting down overnight. We want to ramp it up. The faster our metabolism, the more weight we're going to lose. So saying to someone, "Oh, just skip breakfast when you wake up," is just like saying, "Oh, just make the fat loss process even harder." Yeah. So um, the technical term I would have for that advice is fucking dumb. Uh, now, I've done a lot of swearing in this podcast today. I'm sorry. Um, explicit language warning. Here it is. Should probably put it at the start. Ah, uh, we've got it somewhere. Righto, Courtney. 
Now, I hired a PT last month and she's told me I shouldn't do heavy weights as I'm apple-shaped and, and am bound to bulk up. Uh, you, you, you go ahead and uh, tackle this one and then I'm going to lose my mind. Well, I won't go into it too much because you can, you can go into it. Give me bit. your first impressions. What's the first thing you think of when I read that out? That is silly because... You're a very nice person. I am also, Kiara, I'm also apple-shaped. So I have the same body shape as yourself and I lift, have been lifting heavy weights for the past five years. So to say that is, is not, it's not factually accurate. So it's, it's all, all your personal trainer is doing is going by what they have either been told or that they believe is true. But the research says but also, not just the research, the actual results. Well, the actual results back the research, but the research is there to say that lifting heavy weights in increases fat loss, increases your muscle mass. Muscle mass has a lot of energy. And anyway, I, 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 you, you explain it, Matt, because there's no point in me explaining it because you're just going to explain it again. Is it any wonder why personal trainers have such reputations as being fucking clowns. No. Any wonder people think we're fuckwits because of stupid fucking shit like this. But to be honest with you, it's not only the personal trainers themselves' fault. It's the certifications that they do that don't teach these people that everything that needs to be taught. And, and that's the other frustrating thing, that it's not necessarily just their fault. Whoever propagated something like this needs to be dragged out the back and shot <laughs> anyway explain to kiara why for fuck sake oh god here we go any wonder people think personal trainers are fucking dickheads because most of us are <laughs> okay this is fucking <laughs> stupid okay let's get back to being normal matt calm down oh, it's okay we're, we're cool we're cool bro Okay, so listen, the, uh, the runs are on the board in terms of research and established fact and the two people hosting this show can speak to it from personal experience um, and Courtney has now, you've been a PT now for three and a half years, mm -hmm. um, I'm going into eight years. I've only had my clients do progressively heavier weights as they've gotten stronger and that includes Courtney, you and myself. What do they all have in common? They've all gotten smaller. So the nicest way I can put this is this is poor advice. So whether you're an apple shape, a pear shape, an inverted triangle, you're shaped like the Titanic, or in my case, a Zeppelin, it doesn't matter. Heavy weights will increase with obviously what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Heavy weights will stimulate the body to build muscle mass. Muscle mass is the most energy-hungry substance we have in our body. The more muscle mass we develop, the more energy we're going to burn at rest, which, as Courtney said before, elevates our metabolism. The faster and stronger our metabolisms, the easier it is for us to lose weight. Yes. So Courtney and I, Courtney being an apple shape and I'm naturally a pear shape. So... We're two pieces of fruit over here, and these two pieces of fruit didn't lose 105 combined kilos by avoiding heavy weights. All we've done is gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, the weight that we've lost hasn't come about because we stuck to high reps, low weight, and eating no food. It's been the exact other way around. So, honestly, this is very poor advice. Yeah, it's just old school thinking. I mean, it's very old school thinking to think that you, you're going to lift weights and you're going to bulk up. It's, it's, I'll tell you what, you're a nice person and you, you, you balance me out well. This is just more weight loss industry fucking myth bullshit. Yeah. This could it, be a fact or fiction. This is a Actually. fact or fiction. But I mean, we've spoken about it before. I mean, the other, the other thing that people often say is, as a female, don't lift heavy weights, you're going to bulk up. The thing is Ugh. that... That we know bodybuilders, uh, and it is extremely difficult to do that. 
They, it is not just as simple as saying, hey, go work out and you're going to bulk up. If it was, then a lot more people would become bodybuilders. Do you know what bulks people up? Food. Fucking cupcakes and donuts. <laughs> not heavy weight. It's funny, Court, like Courtney's a great example, but Courtney is um, freakishly strong for a female. Like Courtney's, I've, I've seen this and I've gotten video evidence of Courtney in the gym doing doing exercises, particularly upper body. Courtney, your upper body is insanely strong, mm. outlifting males in the gym, mm. doing heavier weights than the boys in the gym. And all you've done since I've known you has gotten smaller and more shapely and more toned. Correct. Funny how that works. Correct. So, look, honestly, Kiara, I could sit here and just go off my blog all day. And I might after we stop recording. Um, but look, I'm just putting a bow on this one, that's very, very poor advice. And I'd be very, very nervous if a professional I was paying good money to, because as we all know, money hard to get and easy to lose. Yes. If I'm paying good money for a professional to help me get an outcome that I can't get by myself, and this is what I get told, um, I would be saving my money. Haven't we? We've done podcasts on exercise. As a matter, Courtney, please keep talking. I'm just going to find those ones. <laughs> we have done a couple of podcasts on how to define weight training and cardio training. I believe. Okay, episode number eight. Uh, by the way, the weight loss www.theweightlosspodcast.com. Uh, episode number eight: Exercise and weight loss. What's the best? Uh, I would also recommend episode number 44, Why Should I Lift Weights? I would start with those two uh, right there. Mm. So episode 44 and episode 8, just to clear a bit of the noise. Yeah. Uh, And in terms of the the 16 by 8 weird as fuck eating schedule... Uh, I would recommend episode 42 of our podcast, How to Lose Half Your Body Weight Eating Double the Food. That's the one where we interviewed Alison. Alison's a client of ours who has now lost almost 100 kilos with us. And well, even that episode of the podcast is almost obsolete. She's now eating like about four times the food she first started with, Mm. um, with with nothing, no sort of weirdo routines like that. So I recommend episode 44, Episode 42 and episode number eight. And Courtney, I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Um, also, once you've checked out all of those episodes, maybe... Check episode, out the rest of them. Maybe episode 22 also. Episode 22. Six... <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, D. You've got a good eyesight. Episode 22. Six ways to know you've got a great PT because this ain't one of them. <laughs> Wow, Courtney. High five. Great joke. Boom. Anyway, finishing off there. Uh, sorry, this episode's a little bit long, but... Wait, 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 wait. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. But yeah, we don't really care. Um, so, <laughs> hope it helped though, because we do care if it is Hang helping on. you at least. Is this least. the part where we say, if you think this episode is too long, we don't care what you think? Yes. Okay. But we do care if to make sure that it has actually helped. Yes. And... Um, please any, email us. Yeah, please email us if you, like Kiara, have any questions or concerns with what you're doing currently, or any bullshit advice you've been getting, <laughs> any feedback you'd like us to give you, or any just um, ideas for upcoming episodes that you would, any topics you would like us to dedicate an entire episode yeah, to. Yeah, I'd also be keen to know uh, what Super Nintendo games you've been playing recently. We could compare notes. So, yep, I'm glad you agree, Courtney. Anyway. Email us, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. That's the show. We're done. See you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.